Oh, you tried. Man. Yeah, you tried. it was close. It was close. And that's all that matters. I guess. Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Best of Five Show. My name is Elon. I am joined here with the main squeeze as always, the ace, the king, the offsuit, the jerk. What's crack a lacking? Uh, Steve, we have to be on time today. We have to be on time today because uh, Formula One practice one in Australia starts in exactly two hours. So we have to be on time. I originally thought that the practice started right when our show started, but I got my time zone conversion wrong because I didn't have a patented Steve Ace King Officer Jerk schedule uh, to help me out with that. So I made the mistake. That's like the one thing I do. That's the only contribution I have to the world is time zone conversion. And you didn't turn to me. That that yeah. that makes me feel a certain kind of way. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Look, Steve, I feel like you got enough on your... Excuse me, I, I almost burped. Uh, I, I, <laughs> there's a lot happening for everyone everywhere, every time. So I didn't want to uh. put this burden on figuring out Australia time zones. For the sake of Formula One. Speaking of which, that's going to be tough to watch this weekend, man. The race is at like midnight. <laughs> F. Sleep is for the week. It is for the week. You know what else is for the week, Steve? Fighting Game Show podcast, and that's why we're here. Now, see, see, that's for the W-E-E-K. Because we talk about the week that was, eh? Eh? I'll give it up. I'll give it up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Never knows best in the chat goes. That's like your best friend being Superman, but you called the cops <laughs> instead. <laughs> oh, that's I pretty mean, good. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying there's an S under this shirt, but I'm not saying there's not an S under this shirt. That you know, I, I don't think there's an S under this shirt. You know why, Steve? Why? Because I think there's an R. An R. There is an R. Are, are there because other you, letters that, that follow that R? Yes, and you say your only contribution to society is time zone conversion. It is not, Steve. You have another very important contribution to the entire world because the entire world listens to this podcast. Don't check. <laughs> don't don't oh. fact check me. Don't fact check me. <laughs> it's true. Rock Bogart in the chat. What's up? Uh, but Steve... You know what it is. It's time for you to rip that shirt up and reveal the R shirt underneath because I think it's time for you to give us the weekly recap. Say, say roll it. Roll it. Damn it. The audio is not working. Anyway, you keep no. going. You, you go. I got it. Okay. So let's talk about an event that has quickly become a pretty big deal, especially in the DBFZ scene. Bum's birthday bash. He got nearly 200 players to place in Dragon Ball. And not just 200 players from the round the block. You had some real good international representation there. Including three of the top four finishers being from France. The champion among them. Wawa coming in. Taking the cookies, dipping them in our milk, uh, knocking off Sonic Fox in the grand final. Actually, re 
had to come through losers, so got Sonic Fox twice in that grand final. Uh, fellow French people, Kasuga and Yasha, rounding out the top four. But you had, you know, you had some good representation. You had Legendary Pred making it out. You had Cool Kid coming out. You had Shanks coming out. It was a pretty big deal for DBFZ, offline DBFZ, which we haven't really had uh, very much of over the past couple years. It was not only an event for uh, DBFC. It was, they had some other tournaments going on as well. Buscar Luz getting the win in Grand Blue. Tempest, your Guilty Gear Strive champion. Tamago coming up from Mexico to take the KOF 15 crown. And Chimera getting the nod in Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Uh, turning our attention to Smash, we had a Platinum event on the Smash World Tour this past weekend down in Brazil. Uh, it was Ultra Hard Tournament, uh, and it was Ultra Hard for the Brazilians because they got shut out of both Grand Finals. Uh, Peru's Amida getting the win over Chile's Riken. The uh, Bloons coming down from the USA to, to round out the podium. Uh, Alexio rounding out the top four on the melee side of things for ultimate perhaps winning the tournament and perhaps winning the best name of the week competition sekai dago coming over from chile to get the win holding off peru's meet leo in the grand final ferps and kowalski 023 representing the home nation uh in the top four now, Steve, how can you? There's player seven is tied for seven. It it that's you know that's just how it works. I feel like that was planned out. <laughs> that it, it was faded. They can't. They cannot. They they can't fail to get top eight, but they can't proceed past top mm. eight. Yeah, that that is their lot in life. That is a very short margin of error, and they nailed it. <laughs> All right, and that was the week that was. I did it, Yay. Steve. We fixed it. The outro was better than the intro, but we'll get there. Thank you so much for that recap, Steve. Oh, always, always nice to have a Steve recap out here in these streets. I do want to bring up one thing. Now, camera's being kind of weird. Um... This past week was not short of FGC drama, Steve. Even as far as this week. It was not. There was a lot of FGC drama. Uh, specifically, a lot of drama because of social media. And a lot of drama because of miscommunication because of social media. Or so it they say. Is it is it necessarily because of social media, or does that just happen to be the avenue through which this it, took place? Because I feel there's a difference. Here's the thing, I, Steve. Well, first of all, before before we get to the actual one that everybody that everybody thinks we're going to talk about, I do want to talk about the bum stuff because there was some bum stuff, and I feel like it's warranted uh, at least a conversation because after bum's the, event, the bum birthday bash stuff. Yes. 
Okay, because if you <laughs> if you just say the bum stuff, Steve, why is your mind you need always to specify? God damn it, Steve! <laughs> I'm I'm just saying for our sake, for oh, the sake of God. anyone who has the clip button on Twitch, we need to be <laughs> specific. Anyway, bum the person who had their birthday bash be this very gigantic and very amazing tournament. I got to watch bits and pieces of it, even as someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy, uh, who some like someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy, uh, DBFC as much. Uh, I still got to watch it and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was so much fun to watch. The vibe was awesome. Right. Um, and, uh, seeing how hard bum has worked, uh, to like culminate into something like this was very amazing. However, there were a couple people who said some things and it got word got around, right? Um, Steve, I'm just noticing there's Formula One standings in our ticker. <laughs> and this they're gone. This is what happens when you miss the pre production meetings. Yeah. You I'm miss sorry. out on these Easter eggs. I'm sorry. I also saw the WrestleMania stuff earlier, too. Uh, anyway, Easter eggs everywhere. Anyway, uh, and from, and this is all word of mouth, right? I don't know who, it's it's a total, like, he said, she said type of thing. Uh, and it turns out that I'm not going to mention names, but there was a call on Discord going on where it seemed like uh, it was a bunch of people who are established in the, the uh, Dragon Ball community were just talking smack and talking down on this event. Is that true? Is that not true? The uh, the one person in that call says it is not true, and they were just joking, uh, among other things. And that's one of those situations where, uh, you know, if you're kind of talking down to events because they're not yours or because it's something you don't usually see, I feel like that's kind of not okay. However... The joke thing, that's like the OS, right? That's the option select. Uh, who knows? And it's one of those things where only the people on that call know what they were talking about. And they just have to live with it. If they were being terrible humans, then that's what they are. But word's gotten around. And honestly, if... So, needless to say, Bum, after hearing this, was upset. Right? And I feel like anybody in his shoes would be upset. So... I don't know. That, that, I, th I feel like that's just needless he said, she said type of stuff that culminated in social media. And then, you know, once things get into social media, Steve, as we all know, uh, like we were talking about uh, in the beginning of uh, or like during the countdown, it's like with social media, even if you're dead wrong, you never back down. That's like the social media decorum nowadays. Two plus two is three and you meant to type four, but you type three. You cannot back down or else... Like, for whatever reason, that's social media. Even if you're wrong, you just have to double down. It's awful. I hate it. Uh, but, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this? I know I talked See, a lot just now. You did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that as a bad thing. Um, I think a lot of times we blame social media for any sort of conflict. Now, there are things that do happen specifically because of the medium uh, especially you know you you brought up the joke uh, the, the joke OS uh, 
Mm-hmm. Jokes work when everybody in your audience knows what the tone is, knows what the intent is. Yeah. The problem with with uh, anything that can be screenshotted, anything that's written down, is that the audience becomes anybody who sees it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of tone, context, anything like that is stripped away. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not... I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do in that in that situation because someone who says that jokingly and someone who says that seriously, it's going to show up the same way in a screenshot. Mm-hmm. Um, as for criticism, this is you know, I feel like there is room for legitimate criticism for an event that runs, um, even if and we'll especially get into this when we talk about NLBC. The passion that an organizer has, even if it's unquestionable, that doesn't necessarily mean that 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 event is immune to criticism. Right. And on the flip side, just because you have criticisms of an event that's being run, you know, that's being run at no monetary cost to you. You, know, you do have to temper your 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 thoughts on that a little bit. Um, it, it's not the same as criticizing an event you travel out to, for mm-hmm. example, that you pay put down a ton of money to go. But again, it I I feel like there's a line, and it's possible for both sides to be right. Yeah, which you know, mm-hmm. it, which makes it everything suck because. Yeah, and like I said, we'll get we'll get into that with the next topic. Yeah, but I do think uh, one thing does need to be said, and especially because we've been kind of on the receiving end of some of this, uh, and not by we I mean this show, not even necessarily myself. Uh, it feels like, and this is not the first time I've seen this in the FGC, and again, it all comes down to that whole uh, the FGC is welcoming type of thing. But it feels like when somebody tries to do something that is already established in the FGC. The people who are already doing that thing or are somehow involved with that thing take it as personal encroachment, right? The world is big enough for all of us to do whatever we want in this community. Uh, And it feels like people who are already established in doing something when they see something new, their first instinct is to talk down to it and to kind of squash it. So while 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 this doesn't happen nearly as much, right? And usually when it does happen, it gets called out very quickly, which is really cool. Uh, It still happens a lot. And I think this is one of those examples. Um, So I I think it's, and here's the thing too. It's the, there is like, again, if this was a private conversation that then got brought to public. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, valid constructive criticism is never a bad thing. Punching down is the bad thing, right? Because at the end of the day, everybody, when one person succeeds, everybody succeeds. So trying to squash it down uh, is never going to end well for anybody involved. But I think also there's a line between simply saying, I, you know, I don't think there's something wrong with say, with someone saying, I would like X, 
And if someone else is offering up Y, you know, there's nothing wrong to say, hey, it'd be cool if you offered up X too. Mm -hmm. And if everyone jumps in and says, well, what are you talking about? Dude offers the best Y ever. You should be grateful. You shouldn't say anything bad. I, I feel like some of that happens too. Yeah. Where, you know, I there have been cases where I've been in the wrong and I've had people step in and say, oh, man, he, he pours so much work into his schedules. He does so much for the community. Like, that doesn't change the fact that I'm wrong in this case. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, it, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I can accept this criticism. But, again, I, I feel like so often we forget that there's a person on the other side, on both sides mm-hmm. of these conversations and too often we just assume that that if somebody says something it's in bad faith or with bad intentions instead of simply somebody just simply wanting to have needs met that aren't being met somehow right speaking of wanting needs to be met that aren't being met somehow i think this is a perfect uh opportunity for us to skip to the first topic that we have here, because this stuff wasn't even topic. But I, I, I think the lesson to be learned is be supportive, not uh, as far as that stuff goes. Uh, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know what? Do whatever you want. Just don't be jerks about it <laughs> on social media. And, and the reason being is because when something like that gets put on social media, so social media is like the cesspit, like the, like the echo room of doom. Like you put something in there and it's it's like playing telephone where one person will read it and they will read it in however the way they want to read it or they will purposefully twist it into however they want to read it. And they will then pass on whatever they've now created into the next person. And, he, and it just gets like it just keeps getting blown in there like this until it turns into a like an amalgamation of bull honky. I couldn't think of a better word. Bull honky? Bull honky. Somehow that sounds even worse. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like when somebody says it's, it's exactly like what I'm saying. I couldn't come up with a word, so I tried to make up a word and it was awful. It's social media in a nutshell right there. <laughs> um but anyway. That was definitely not a perfectly promulent word. Nope. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, it was announced yesterday night by by the savior of the uh, FGC himself, uh, Lord Spooky, that Spooky will no longer be doing the NLBC online tournaments. Now, uh, my gut instinct was like, dang, Spooky's not streaming for the FGC anymore, right? And this is that social media stuff, right? Like, I, I saw that announcement and was like, dang, Spooky's out of the FGC. It's over. We're all going to... We're all gonna not have good streams anymore. That wasn't what was said, and I have to kick myself for having a knee-jerk reaction. I feel like there's a connection between it. Anyway, um, so all all it came down to was uh, Spooky has decided that he had had enough. He was running basically five events online uh, for the past what, like two years, right? It's like 108 <laughs> next level battle circuits online. I think it's about two years worth. Um, he's been kind of like helping this out or uh, like making this stuff happen. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, like, Steve, you and I, like, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Steve, you and I are struggling just to show up here once a week to make a talk show. Spooky has been doing five events on a weekly basis for two years, right? This is this is a hardworking man here and his staff as well. Um, so it gets to a point where, you know, you've done something for, like, enough time where you get to a phase where you feel like you have to do it. And then once you get past that phase, it, you get to a phase where you feel like you don't want to do it. <laughs> so from my understanding, it feels like Spooky has reached that part and he wants to go uh, spend his time uh, more wisely. And I don't think that anybody should be upset at that decision. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that decision. And I, I'm sure I'm joined by everybody in the entire FGC when we say... We wish you the best, Lord Spooky. With that said, he's still going to be doing an OBC offline when that starts going. He's still going to be doing... He he, uh, he streamed today and he kind of like shared his thoughts and he welcomed conversation, which again is like amazing, right? Uh, he's like the the person who keeps it the realist, as it were. And hold by the way, Hold Back the Block has a documentary on Spooky called Stay Free. Go watch it. So you get to see like how he came to be Lord Spooky. Um, actually, let me do this while, while you're doing that. Uh, this was all brought up by uh, a social, like a to social media, right? Uh, where yesterday, uh, a Texas player, Toy, who was in what was the season of SFL he was in? Was that season two along with Tommy Two Step and everybody? Uh, was trying to hop into NLBC online, right? Uh, he's seen, like, we've seen Twisted Rivera on there. Uh, we've seen Brian F., people who are not in the East Coast, play in an LBC online, and he tried to hop in. And ultimately, he was told, no, nobody from Texas can join in with the exception of a few players. And that, as somebody, I like, I understand... It's one of those things where this is just a bad situation that nobody has thought of before that was going to happen. Um, but ultimately, Spooky's and OBC tournaments, uh, they decided to keep uh, major or like anybody outside of the East Coast uh, or like a certain area out to keep connections the best they can be for Street Fighter Five only. They they allowed nationwide competition for Go to Gear Strive because Strive network or netcode works. Um, so Toy's response to hearing that was to take it to Twitter, right? And as usual, he, uh, Toy posted the, uh, the conversation on social media and everybody then formed their own opinion about what happened and then turned into a cluster, cluster truck, if you will, from there. Um, and at the end of the day, TOing sucks, right? I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a secret. Uh, TOing sucks. It's one of those things that you do it for the love of the community and you do it for the love of, you know, for the love of the game or you do it because you feel like you have to, right? And you're getting to the point where you feel like you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> so uh, that, among other uh, things that were happening already, uh, it just culminated into the announcement that Spooky was done with NLBC Online. And 
there's been a lot of finger pointing, man. I've been I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. It's it, like this happened yesterday. <laughs> so there's like it's a lot of emotions to process, a lot of information to process. Uh, there's been a lot of people pointing fingers. Like I think one of the things that I found the weirdest was uh, there's the Formula One standings again. Um, one of the things I found the weirdest is like it turned into an oh everybody from Texas is whiny it's like like what kind of leap right and it also turned into oh uh team spooky's team sucks or whatever right like it just turned into like this whole thing that it shouldn't have and it didn't need to um and i think if it was something that would have been worked out in private maybe we could have avoided this entire thing but at the end of the day here we are uh spooky has decided to stop the online stuff uh i hope uh, I hope we get to see more of his stuff. He said he has been talking to Chris Seg at 10-0, so hopefully we'll get to see him in other ter- uh, in other in-person tournaments. Uh, it sucks, right? Because NLBC Online has been kind of holding the FGC together. Uh, not just New York, right? Like since it is online, they spread out a little bit. Um, but here, that's where we are. Um, I just want to, you know, before I let you speak, Steve, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh. I've I started going to tournaments in Philly, right? So I got to see Spooky work a lot and that dude is like a bottomless pit of effort. It's ridiculously inspiring to see. Um so the fact that he's going to get some rest and he's going to get to chill out a little bit, I think is good for everybody <laughs> in the FGC and for Spooky himself, right? So nothing but respect for Lord Spooky. This situation kind of sucked even when he was talking about it uh, in his stream. He's like, yeah, the situation sucks because I could see how they feel from their side, and I know how I feel from my side. So, like, there was, like, he he was literally trying to explain it. It's like, yeah, it sucks, but the connection's bad. Street Fighter V netcode sucks when you're trying to play somebody from Texas to New York. It's bad. We tried to avoid it, and I didn't know what to do, right? So, (laughs) um, yeah, anyway, I'm going to shut the hell up now. Because I'm just going to... I can talk about this for an hour and say nothing. Uh, so, Steve, what are your thoughts on the end of the online NLBC? This is, like you touched on, one of those situations where, where both sides have a point. Um, you know, those two Texas players that you mentioned uh, were invited for NLBC 100 uh, as a special event. And... They were allowed to continue to participate because their connections were 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 not adversely affecting the tournament. Now, this is one of those things where management, you know, I've been in management in a few different industries, and there's all each manager has their difference of opinion when you talk about when you make an exception for someone, some people say you take care of the person in front of you and you satisfy them and you move on. And there's some who say, well, if you make the exception for one, you got to be ready to make the exception for everybody. And this is that situation. If you're a player from Texas and you find out two other people from Texas are allowed to play and you're not, 
you've got i mean if if you're the the organizer you do have to be able to justify that to some degree yes it is your tournament you can let in whoever you want you can exclude whoever you want but you do have to be able to justify to the to the, your potential competitors to your the people who want to sign up the people who want to watch why these two people are so special compared to everybody else in terms of connection i get it i absolutely do but with the way netcode works there are going to be some connections that are good there are going to be some connections that are bad there are going to be some connections that are good on a tuesday bad on a wednesday there are going to be some connections that are good at 3 30 p.m bad at 3 31 and then excellent at 3 32 Whenever you get into anything that can be viewed as favoritism, it's a recipe for disaster. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's what happened here, but it can at least be viewed as such. And when you are able to take a complaint to the larger world in moments through Twitter or through Facebook or through Instagram, uh, through WhatsApp, through Tinder, through Hot or Not. Is Hot or Not still a thing? I mean, I know I love complaining about FGC events on Tinder. (laughs) That's where I've made all my complaints. I go to Hot or Not, just say, this tournament did not run on time. 8% hot. (laughs) <laughs> which somehow it was a higher score than what I got when I was on there. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get on there, so I'm at a zero, Steve. Uh, well, Or you're at 100. That's nah, a zero. You know, you, nah, let's be real here, Steve. It's a zero. That's Schrodinger's profile right there. Uh, You're both hot and not <laughs> simultaneously. I, I just am. But, you know, also in terms of, you know, regardless of the reasoning behind the decision, Spooky, you know, Spooky being the hardest working man in the FGC, it's a little bit of a meme, but it's not that far from the truth. He is someone who absolutely has put his, you know, he stretched himself so thin at times to put on shows, to put on streams. And he absolutely deserves to take care of his mental health. He absolutely deserves to take care of his physical health, just like anybody else. So the idea of of it coming to an end is, I, I feel, was a bit inevitable. This may have been the straw that broke the camel's back, and not necessarily the only cause for it. Um, but either way, everyone deserves to do whatever makes them happy. And he absolutely deserves the opportunity to do something that he gets more enjoyment out of than running a month weekly tournament. Yeah. There's one other thing I do want to touch on. And it is that a lot of people then started dogpiling on one of Spooky's staff, which was, uh, uh, I believe it was Min. 
and for those of you that don't know Min or haven't met Min, uh, Min is like one of the, like the TOs that runs a lot of the tournaments that you like in the East Coast. Um, I've seen him work Big E tournaments. I've seen him every time I've gone to NLBC. Uh, he's been there just hanging out, doing his thing, making sure everything runs. And the stuff when he runs stuff, beautiful. Uh, running online stuff, as we've discussed on this show many times, completely a, like a worst, <laughs> a worse beast than running an offline tournament. So, a lot of people were complaining that he didn't like he didn't provide enough of a reason to kick people out, or didn't provide enough of a reason for things to be the way they are. Could you imagine running a two hundred person online tournament and then? finding the time to tell someone like why one person was picked over the other like i can't right he's busy I, I, putting he's busy putting out like all the 80 billion fires that are happening to do anything i get that i absolutely get that i also see the other side of that conversation right where if you're someone who's in the tournament and you get disqualified for a reason that you're not sure of, you know, you're not going to have a great experience with, with that. Um, it, you know, being a TO, being an event organizer, especially for something like this is so difficult mm -hmm. because you're working, you're working in an organizational sense. You're working in a customer service sense and you're doing it for free. Yep. In most cases, yeah, you know, even if you're getting paid, it's not necessarily enough to be considered a job. Right. So, you know, you're you're getting more you're getting more I don't want to call it abuse in this situation, but you're you're getting a lot of stuff thrown at you especially considering what what that job might fetch uh in the open market, if you said, hey, here's the job, how much would you accept per hour to do it? Yeah. Look, I, I just think it's one of those things where, through the magic of social media, all empathy and sympathy were completely thrown out the window, right? Because it's one of those things where, yes, this is a situation all around, right? This is a very, very situation. It's nobody's fault except Capcom. <laughs> Because of their bad netcode. <laughs> They're just catching strays. Six years after the fact. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but, like, even Ono's just sitting there in a completely different company. And all of a sudden, what the hell is that? Uh, also, it, you doing that just reminded me that, like, Min... A dead eye with a bottle of water. I don't know if you guys remember that video of Min, of uh, Arturo talking to Min and Min throwing a water bottle square at Arturo's face, smacked him. It was awesome. Uh, it's it's over at Base Monster, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, all this to go back to this. A, these online tournaments were awesome. Everybody loved watching them, right? Uh, everybody loved competing in them, except for Street Fighter Five, uh, and. People like playing Street Fighter Five. True, I think 
the online experience is not as good as people want it to be compared, especially compared to something Absolutely. like Strive that's come out. Uh, and I think at the at the end of the day, maybe that's what caused this entire thing. I'm kidding. Uh, so it sucks that this was a, uh, a situation that arose out of it. At the end of the day, look, that was Spooky's tournament. That was Min's tournament. At the end of the day, I don't think anybody's owed an explanation. It, it's, it is nice to get one. Sure, it is nice to be given one. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, look, they're trying to run their stuff. Something's like they I don't know. I'm like, it's their ball at the end of the day. It's their ball. They could take it home and end the game for everybody. Uh, much like how Capcom can say, hey, sign this agreement to run your weeklies, you dang jerks. And now give us money. Strays. More strays. <laughs> uh, it, it sucks. This, this entire situation sucks. I feel for both sides. At the end of the day, I'm happy that Spooky is getting to take some time to... Uh, like kind of relax, uh, go back to like the semblance of uh, s less stressful life. Uh, you can go to his Twitter at uh, at Team Spooky on Twitter. He has a twit longer where he goes over all this. He also had a stream earlier this uh, earlier today, or earlier this afternoon, where he talked a lot about it. He opened welcome or he welcomed open conversation, which I thought was really cool. Um, like you don't see that nowadays, where he's like, "Yeah, anybody from Texas, like, tell me what you think." Tell me how you're feeling. Let's talk it out, right? That's squashing the beef right there. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of Spooky. I t I doubt he remembers this, but uh, I just I just linked that twit longer. Thank you, thank you. I doubt Spooky remembers this, but uh, before I like the uh, the month that I moved to Texas, or like the month before I moved to Texas, uh, I got to go to my last NEC in Philly, which was NEC 2014. Uh since for my first tournament, I bought Spooky a gin and tonic because I was really nervous. I didn't know who to talk to, and I was just standing next to the bar at the same hotel, oddly enough, uh, and Spooky came up to the bar, so I bought him a drink. Uh, I bought him a bottle of Bombay gin, right, because I bought him a gin and tonic first, so I bought him a bottle of Bombay gin. Some hit me in the parking lot, and I dropped a bottle, and they wouldn't give me another one, <laughs> and I went up, and I tried to tell Spooky this. That I bought him a bottle of gin, but it broke because some hit me with a car. <laughs> ah, uh, but anyway, after all that was said and done, I was like, yeah, I'm moving. Uh, I'm kind of not the happiest about it, but, you know. And he, he comes back with me with, like, the wisest advice I think I have ever heard. Or not even, like, the wisest advice, but, like, the wisest uh, mentality I think I've ever heard. He goes, just because you're moving away now doesn't mean you won't be back here again. And it doesn't mean that we won't see each other again, mostly because he travels a lot. So just focus on your new beginnings and we'll catch each other in the next one. I'm like, that's the wisest f thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, so I owe a lot to Spooky. I think we all owe a lot to Spooky. Uh, and I can't wait to see like what kind of crazy shenanigans he comes up with next, both for NLBC and for... Um, for the stuff he's going to be working with in Tenno. So, big round of applause to Spooky from myself and from, I'm sure, many others. Steve, any final thoughts? Um, no, but I do like that you included Tenno mm -hmm. because that segue, that's a nice segue into the next topic.
which is uh, we still have online tournaments doing big numbers. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me about this. Yeah. So came out this week, uh, or I think it was last week they announced uh, ICFC Intercontinental Fighting Game Championships. Fighting Championships. Uh, uh, a series of online tournaments run by Tenno Media is coming back. The Tekken version of it is coming back. The Tekken version of it came back, and the U.S. Par- portion of the uh, Tekken tournaments were yesterday. Steve, when was the last time we heard anything from Bandai Namco regarding Tekken? In terms of like so, Tekken World Tour, Tekken World Tour support for the game, anything. Literally anything. Uh, it's been a little bit. It's been just a little bit. Was the last thing we heard from Tekken, the Tekken World Tour 2021 finals? Well, the regional finals mm-hmm. from the f- first week of January. Yep. Yeah, that we haven't heard anything in terms of 2022 support. Uh or like a 2022 uh, tour, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't heard anything about updates. We're assuming there's nothing coming in terms of new characters or development, or um, we actually broke the... Oh, yeah, the, I'll, I'll, I'll fix it up while you're talking. Go for it. So, but yeah, that's, you know, it's most most of that... Mantle for Tekken has fallen onto, I you know groups like ICFC and the other online organizers that have continued to uh, give venues for this game to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing, I don't know if you guys recall this or not, but I believe it was the very beginning of 2021, or maybe the very beginning of 2020. I think it was 2021 because I think I remember Sharpie being on the show. I did a sleuthing segment in which we found out what secret project Harada was working on because he announced that he was working on a secret project. And if you recall, Steve, I announced through the breadcrumbs that we've picked up that Harada was working on Elden Ring. And lo and behold, it was confirmed a couple weeks ago when people were making... Elden Ring mods for Tekken that Harada came out and tweeted saying, yes, I worked on Elden Ring. Yes, this is cool. Now stop it. <laughs> because people keep thinking it's real. Uh, especially because they're both a Bandai Namco property. So with Lord Harada being busy with Elden Ring, which, by the way, great game if you guys haven't gotten a chance to play it. Uh, there hasn't been anything for Tekken. So there hasn't been, like, any communication from the developers. There hasn't been, like, any, like, what's coming down the line. Uh, Even at the developer roundtable, like, they announced Tekken 7 costumes for Virtua Fighter characters. Uh, So there's been nothing. And this past week, with ICFC's first tournament return, they have broken... Records, entrant records for ICFC, both for Europe and North America, with about 200 uh, entrant uh, entries in the America 
uh, tournament, and I think it like they got maybe got up to about three hundred for the Europe, uh, for the Europe entrance. So, the fact that they're breaking entrant records with no developer support shows that the community, Steve, the fighting game community for Tekken is still a strong one, and everybody's hungry to play. Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to watch uh, ICFC. But as you recall, by the way, this is one of those things where each region tournament streams on a different channel from someone in the community, right? So the I think the Japan tournaments get streamed at uh, Majin Obama's channel. The USA or uh, the North America uh, tournaments are in Level Up Your Game, which is RIP. Uh rips channel so like again like it's one of those situations where like the entire community gets bolstered because everybody gets a piece of the cake by the way 237 for icfc europe nice yeah so breaking entrant records amazing tournaments i'm sure right i think it's hard to not have an amazing tekken tournament all without developer support i think this is this is one of those things where it's like wow like we we tend to forget that sometimes sometimes we feel like we're so beholden to developer support and then something like this happens it's like all right we're in charge here <laughs> if we like something we're going to do it uh so big ups to ICFC for the big numbers uh big ups to the Tekken community for still being hungry i can't wait to go back and watch uh some of the stuff from the tournament that i didn't get a chance to yet and uh yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit about that because you know Tekken's not the only game that hasn't had, like, much being talked about uh, as far as, like, the near future goes. Uh, and also, like, developer support, in a way. So, much like Smash, much like Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, there's a, a very, like, great community behind all these games. Uh, and it all comes down to people being hungry to play and getting the opportunity to do so. Stephen I, I aggressively you, nodding. You said it so beautifully. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. You know, I'm just happy to see people still excited to play the game. You know, Tekken's mm -hmm. one of those games that doesn't have the best netcode. You know, and it is on the older side. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have that anything new and shiny to bring players in. But it's just pa people passionate about the game that are still playing as, as long as you have as long as you have people who want to play the game no game is ever going to be dead word what was it uh well what was the house in game of thrones that said what is dead may never die or something like I that i have no idea because i don't watch game of thrones i never did i watched like two episodes of it and then that's it hmm. any hoozle uh, I'm big exposing ups. myself. I'm exposing myself on that one. Big ups to ICFC <laughs> and the crew. <laughs> no, I'm super happy to see them. So uh, see them succeed and see everybody getting so hungry to play again. Uh, makes me all the more excited to, for upcoming tournaments such as Combo Breaker. Uh, Which is coming up quick. Yeah, Steve, we got to start getting ready. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that this week. Um 
there's going to be, I, I feel like there's going, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. Uh, I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of U.S. versus EU ex- team exhibition there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there has been a whole lot of trash talk going both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's apparently been, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently a team, a crew from the West Coast started calling out some people from the Midwest, and they've been having some uh, some back and forths for Street Fighter Five, And I think it's going to come down to a culmination at... At Combo Breaker? Yeah. Sorry, I got... I got distracted by the uh, WrestleMania 38 <laughs> results scrolling by. You're, you're just having way too much fun with that. Let's let's have the fun because we've got we like once we move on from the top from this topic we get a little more serious. Yeah, look, I watched WrestleMania for the first time in I think maybe twelve years. And I gotta tell you, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kind of give a stunner to McMahon was uh that that was a that was a work of art that was <laughs> he's seventy eight give him cut him some slack look i'm I'm not saying what he did was good or bad, but I'm just saying seeing that try to happen was like it felt good, right it was like, ah oh, man, I'm home um except for that Brock Lesnar fight at the end it was kind of weird, not gonna lie. Uh, I am sad I missed out on the Johnny Knoxville fight just because I saw a couple of clips here and there that just looked do, like Tom and Jerry. Do you have Peacock? No. Sign up for for a, a week. I think they have a week trial. Okay. Sign up for it. Go watch it. It was, it was everything you would expect and then some. It was like, mwah. <laughs> like like the entire show was entertaining. Like like I'm not gonna get into the week to week programming stuff, but those two nights were really, really entertaining. It was just from top to bottom, just a whole lot of fun. Speaking of top to bottom being a whole lot of fun, Blue has resubscribed forty two months. Thank you. Thank you, Blue. The Three man, the and a half legend. years. Three and a half years. Yeah, he blue is a founder. He's got the he's got the he's got the 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 first badge, right? Is that nope, what it is? No, nope. no, that's a two plus year badge. No, he's got like the when he talks in chat, it says first. It's a founder because he was like one of the no. first ten. No. Blue, say something in chat, you dingus. Oh, dang it. I'm wrong. Never mind. He's not. But you know what he is? He's a gentleman and a scholar. Now go follow yeah, his Now go follow his Animate News Twitter. AFGC News. Um But anyway, Steve, we could talk about wrestling all we want. Uh any other day of the week because we gotta we gotta get to some business here. We do. Uh some big business. Mm-hmm. So Let's talk about Saudi Arabia, shall we? Um, they, <laughs> they have come up a couple of times on this show. Um, they came up in February when they when the uh, when the Crown Prince's charity 
made investments in uh, a couple of gaming companies. And we talked about them a little earlier in November when they announced that they had purchased a third of SNK shares and had an agreement in place to purchase another 17.7% of the company shares to take their total ownership to slightly over half of the company. Uh, it has recently come to light, however, that slightly that they've gone slightly more than slightly more than half. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at what happened. So, back in November, as I said, uh, the MISK Foundation, which is the charity operated by Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, they did buy... 33 and a third percent of SNK's shares. So a third of the company uh, through the through one of their subsidiaries, the Electronic Gaming Development Company. Uh, they also announced that they were planning to purchase another 17.7% of the company to take their total share to 51. Uh, the way they did this, though, is... Uh, through what is called a tender offer. And what a tender offer is, in short, they put they they state that they're going to make an offer to all shareholders uh to purchase a somewhere between a minimum number of shares and a maximum number of shares at a set price. And anyone who wants to take them up on it, go for it. And as long as they meet their minimum, they will they will buy the shares up to the maximum. So they set the minimum at 17.7%, which is the amount they agreed to pay. Uh, they set the maximum at 66.7%, which is all of the remaining shares. So if so, they were ready to buy every outstanding share if they wanted to sell. Uh the price they offered was a little over 37,000 Korean won per share, which at this, you know, as of this morning, converted about to a little over $30 American. Uh, at that time, shares were trading at 21,000 won or a little over $17 a share. So that is a very significant premium. And they got a whole lot of takers to the tune of 62.8% of the company's total shares uh, through that period. So as of February 15th, the, the, uh, the Crown Prince's Foundation owns 96% of SNK. Uh, their, their total purchase... Of the, that wave of shares was about $143 million worth of investment. So what that means is that they have nearly complete control of the company. And they did, and in their uh, tender offer, they did say that their plan was to delist the company. So that uh, 
eventually SNK will no longer be a publicly traded company. Um, what that means is that they are pretty much they pretty much have control of the company. They own ninety six percent of it. Um, it's always yeah. I, I'll let you jump in because thoughts get very very tricky when you talk about government investment like this. Oof, man, I don't I don't know what to think. To be completely honest with you, I mean, look. Um, the fact that they bought shares at double the price, I mean, it's kind of hard to say no, right? Especially if you're someone who has like five grand of SNK stocks and all of a sudden somebody comes in and be like, hey, we'll give you 10 for them, 10K to your bank for no reason. Like, I take it. Um, yeah, Dragonzord says it best. There is no ethical consumption under your capitalism. Um, Especially because, you know, we live in a country where there's been a lot of very messed up things that we've done. Uh, every true. every every place has skeletons in their closet, man. Um, however, go ahead. To that end. Well, here, you finish your, that, your point there. Because uh, what I was going to say is it f- feels like an investment this aggressive with the intent to then delist the company so it's no longer publicly tradable. Why? Right? Like, what is the point? Um, if it's something as simple as, oh, they just want to take control of the company so that they can then develop games and say they're games developed in Saudi Arabia, okay. Uh, I like which video is, games. I'll play them. Which is, which is almost certainly what they're going to be doing. Yeah, uh, that's that. You know, that's a fairly common thing to do when someone, when you have what's called, you know, any sort of takeover attempt, whether it be hostile mm-hmm. or not. Um, to your point, though, uh, you know, I certainly look come from this with a Western point of view, a, you, an American point of view. So, what the average uh, Saudi person thinks of the U.S. is probably going to be different from what the average American thinks of the U.S. I will say that there is a difference, at least in my mind, between being owned by an American person or an American company and being owned by the American government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, companies like... uh, NetherRealm. NetherRealm is an, is an American company. It's owned by an American corporate corporation. But there is still a level of separation between that and, you know, if Joe Biden, for whatever reason, said, I'm spending $200 million to buy NetherRealm. Or Donald Trump came back and said, I'm spending 200, you know, four years ago, said I'm buying NetherRealm for 200 million. That would be a very, you know, the reaction from a Saudi person or any sort of Middle Eastern person or any other person in the world would be very, very different. And that's sort of how I feel. It's at this point, you know, 
you're signing off. You know, it, it it's very very difficult to separate the bad things that are that have been done by that government. And again, there's a difference between between a nation's people and a nation's government. Mm-hmm. And the company, if the company is owned by the that government. Yeah. I mean, there's also the difference, too, in the way their government is structured, right? Because that one person is the government. Yeah. And, because and, so. uh, Starax, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing, uh, brings up the case of Roman Abramovich who is the owner of Chelsea Football Club, mm-hmm. who was invested heavily in that in that team, and now is required to sell it because, you know, he, he was one of the people who was sanctioned due to his tie, you know, due to his ties to the Russian government. Yep. Um, the Same sale thing. has not gone through yet, but they're, they're you know, and that sort of brings up the issue of when you're talking about this amount of money, there aren't a whole lot of people who are willing to drop that level of cash on anything that don't have some sort of skeletons in their closet. Not to say all those skeletons are equivalent. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all of the potential owners for Chelsea... You know, there's, there are people from nations that are looking to, you know, that haven't done great things and are tied with the government. There are people who have, who have uh, become independently wealthy, but they have done some very sketchy things to gain that wealth. There really isn't, you know, you know, the point of there is no ethical consumption in capitalism that's true to an extent it's a matter of how ethical do you wish to be mm-hmm. where is your line and everybody gets to draw that line in a different spot so i feel like we're going to have at least in the west a few a few people who are going to draw the line and say snk is no longer something they wish to support anymore yeah yeah get your physical copies of king of fighters 15 now uh but yeah and you know uh to your point steve where you know everybody has that line in the sand that they can draw right for uh ethical consumption there's also everybody has a price to move that line back just a little bit further ah <laughs> uh, well yeah it, and it's sort of and like I said, there's if if the there there are levels of separation and dilution between you as a consumer and the the people who own the products you buy. Mm-hmm. So are are people are people going to feel personally responsible if the Saudi government does something if they buy uh, KOF fifteen DLC? I at some might a lot probably won't. And I don't know if it's 
This is one of those things where it feels like it's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and it totally is. It's above our pay grade, Steve. But that doesn't stop us from having opinions. Right. Because we are guys on the internet, and that's what we do. That's right. Grr. So weird. <laughs> There's a l woman who likes me for some reason. I don't understand it. <laughs> I do things like that, and I'm still able to find a partner who looks at me and says, yep, that guy does it for me. <laughs> Steve, don't kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Be in so much trouble when she hears this. Ah, it'll be fine. Uh, just say it's my fault. Right? That's no. how relationships work. That, <laughs> just blame it on somebody who's not in the relationship. That's probably not going to work when, you know, she's hanging out right behind me while I'm editing the episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm playing it through to make sure there's no... That, like, I can't, I can't say that my voice sounds like you. I can't pull that off. I mean, you can. You can say it. You can physically say it. It's I not going to go over well, but you can say it. It would not be wise. <laughs> yes. It would be, you know, of all the dumb decisions I've made. Yes. That would be one of the dumber ones. Now, Steve, speaking of dumb, um, I've been... Let's get dumb. Let's I, get dumb. I, I've been... So, we're going to get to our last segment here. Now, here's the thing, everybody. I've been on TikTok way too much, right? For those of you that aren't on TikTok, TikTok is something. We're going to go down a rabbit hole, but it's not the usual rabbit hole. Well, just, just, just bear with me here. Uh, TikTok is very good at showing you stuff that you watch. Not necessarily stuff that you want to see. Stuff that you watch. So I've been kind of in the TikTok vortex of like seeing a bunch of like crazy racist tirades in public by Karens, right? And that's kind of been like the big thing, right? Social media has been on this trend of like showing Karen meltdowns in public. So I don't know if you guys used to watch NLBC like way back when with Lee Chung, Tinchi, and those guys, but Lee Chung used to go down a, a bit where he would say, Tinshi the type of ninja too, and then uh, would say things that are like mildly irritating, right? Like Tinshi the type of ninja to leave a two cent tip on a $10 check, something like that, right? That got me thinking. Steve, Karen in the fighting game of Street Fighter V, is a ridiculously rich white woman who beats up on Birdie, right? Like, Birdie's her training partner. She beats up on Birdie all day, and then instead of paying him for the training, she just gives him food. That's pretty bad, Steve. That's very bad. That's extremely bad. And that got me thinking. 
What type of Karen is Karen? Wow, this is this is happening. This is happening. So we're gonna dissect and see what type of Karen Karen is. And oh, dear God. <laughs> we're going to try to find out. If Karen was to have <laughs> a meltdown in public, how and why would it happen? I want you to to understand how much I'm blocking my face right now. <laughs> I I just want that noted for the record. <laughs> oh man! Can we talk about this Photoshop job though, Steve? Look, in my own defense, you you did not match up the neck, but you did trim off just a little bit of that hat line. To make it look like the hat works. Now hold up, hold up, hold up, Steve. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up something. Where is it? Seven twenty-six p.m. Steve. <laughs> Seven twenty-six p.m. is when we decided to do this. I was still at work, and I still managed to. <laughs> I still managed to this out before the show. Now, here's the situation. We're going to dissect and see, based on some assumptions, of course, what type of Karen is Karen. So, first, uh, I, 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 we're not playing the clips, are we? No, we're not playing the clips for our sake and yours. Thank you. First, there's this Karen who was known as the the Karen of SoCal because she would go up to Asian Americans and go on racist tirades about how Asian Americans don't deserve to be here. Is Karen this type of Karen? She's half Japanese. Exactly. Exactly. Karen is not this type of Karen. So that Karen is not this type of Karen. We can equivocally say Karen is not this type of Karen. Let's move on to the next Karen. How many of these are there? Uh, there's a couple. Okay. Now, there is this Karen who is someone who is slightly inconvenienced by a larger problem. And decides to then inconvenience everybody dealing with this larger problem. The meme here says, I would like to speak to the manager of coronavirus. Is this Karen the type of Karen? That is Karen. I would disagree. Um, She's able to... Karen is able to handle her own problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Depending on the patch... Uh, she is able to handle her problems very, very well, or at least somewhat well. So I would say, no, this is not her. Okay. All right. I, I would agree. And I think the chat agrees as well. Uh, chat, I believe the blocker grab emotes are usable BOV if you're a follower. And BOV grab, yes. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to use them as a follower. You don't have to be subscribed. So let us know what you think. Grab for if it is, if Karen is this type of Karen. Block if Karen is not this type of Karen. Let's move on to the next one. 
This Karen pulled the gun on a bunch of people protesting. Is See, Karen... We're, we're not going to... We I could go into the details of this because the protesters were encroaching on her house. However, that stuff was it was so 2020 late at this point. Is Karen the type of Karen to pull a gun on a crowd? No, she's, no. she's got she's she's got so many strong moves. She does not need any weaponry. Yes, she this this. Also, I don't think this is a Karen. I. I I'll, I'll get into that later, so, but no. Yeah. Okay, so it, we, everybody agrees Karen is not this type of Karen. If there, if there was Shadowloo soldiers, what? She would beat, yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying. She beats people up instead of pulling guns on them. That's fine. Let's move on to the next Karen. This Karen called the cops on a person of color while mishandling her dog over photographs that did not involve her, right? So it's one of those people that uh, she saw a person of color doing something and then decided to call the cops and be a jerk about it. I'm oversimplifying these, but you, we've all seen the videos. Is Karen the type of Karen to call the cops on a person I, of color? I do not see her doing anything to mishandle dog any animals i do mm -hmm. not see her mishandling people in terms of race i just feel like she mishandles people in terms of tears so mm -hmm. i i would say no i would say no all right i i agree as well uh so karen is not this type of karen now this next one we're gonna lightning round we're gonna lightning round because this is this is a three for we're, we're gonna do a three for one a threefer. We have three Karens on the screen. One Karen uh, assumed that her, her neighbor, who was a person of color painting Black Lives Matter on his fence, uh, was not her neighbor. The other, the Karen in the middle, uh, called the cops on, I believe it was a barbecue at a park. And the last Karen, all the way over there by Steve, is uh, a Karen who called the cops on a child selling lemonade because they didn't have permit to sell lemonade. Now, lightning round. Uh, assuming a person of color is not your neighbor, is Karen that type of Karen? No, no, no. No, no, no? All across the board? No, no, no. Across the board, no. Um, I don't think she's going to her Karen's yard is so big that she wouldn't even be able to see her fence. So True. not the first. Secondly, she's not going to call anyone herself. She'll have someone else do it. If there is a problem, I don't think she's going to care. So I don't think she's the second or the third. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't think any of these apply. Mm -hmm. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right, then last but not least, and we may not be, we may not be able to get to the bottom of this today, which just means we'll have to have more segments of what type of Karen is Karen. All right, last one for today. Is Karen the type of Karen 
that Elon Musk is, where, no. where they have unlimited money, and they buy out small towns in Texas and say they won't make things bad, but do. No. No. Just no. Let's, <laughs> let, let's not compare anyone to Elon Musk right now. Let's just set him all the way to the side. I mean, all look, the way to the side. When you kill, when you beat someone in Karen's stage to the right side, uh, you set the, you put them on a rocket and they go flying, Steve. I, I'm still not sold. Okay, there is one more. I put it in the drive. Are you able to add that? Oh, it should be listed, Steve's pick. Okay, all right. So, so. so here, like, if I'm going to get real for a second, I feel like the phrase Karen has been overused to the point where it loses all meaning. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that it should only apply in situations where a person is making a complaint and, and, and being overly aggressive in their complaint to a person in in a position of service that is either the fault of the complainer or something out of the service person's control. Mm-hmm. I feel like every like there's a lot of stuff that just gets chalked up as oh that's a total Karen thing. That isn't. That's a completely different issue. So I don't think she's a, a Karen at all. Okay. I think she's a Courtney. Right here. If you remember the show, as told by Ginger, there is a character called Courtney Gripling, who was rich, but saw, but she didn't think she was, she didn't treat others poorly intentionally. She saw common people sort of like the way someone sees an animal in the zoo. With curiosity. <laughs> with the, trying to make... You know, huh. Our lives aren't so different, you and I. Maybe someday we can share a common bond. There is sort of an aloofness there. Um, In that connection. I, I, I think that is the way I would go. I don't think she's a court... She's a Karen... I think she's totally a Courtney. I don't remember. I I think I I think I don't. Have I ever watched an episode of Vest Told by Ginger? You know what? You have homework tonight. I'm not gonna That's do it. Simple as that. Hmm. You're, you, if if you don't, you're gonna get an F. That's fine. D is for degree, they say. It's on Paramount Plus, I believe. I don't have Paramount Plus. You can sign up for a one-month trial, and you can watch soccer with that one-month trial. Steve, you know what? Pe- what else people can do for a month? What? And that is use their Twitch Prime on this channel, because Twitch Prime it allows you to get one free subscription on Twitch for per month, and it is free if you have Amazon Prime. And let's be honest: if you're here and your Twitch Prime 
is available, you're going to forget about it. So don't let this free money go to waste. Don't let Papa Bezos get away with free money. Please use your Twitch Prime subscription on best of five. You can click subscribe, and if it says subscribe for free, you should be able to use it. Thanks. Anyway, that's the end of that segment. <laughs> that's the end of all the segments. That's Let's the end of all honest. the segments. Look, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, we got to delve into what type of Karen is Karen. Uh, and it turns out she's not a Karen at all. Uh, I think that's a great conclusion for us to come to, Steve. So thank you for getting us there. Speaking of getting us there, that also got us to the end of the show. Thank God. <laughs> I kid. This, uh, look, of all the episodes we've ever done, this was one of them. Look, I honestly, Steve, I'm proud of this episode. This was a big mixed grab of shenanigans. We've there were good there were good times when we talked about how ICFC numbers are doing amazingly well. There are bad times when we talked about spooky Anything else, spooky leaving, uh, or uh, the Saudi Arabian government binding ninety six percent of SNK. Even just saying that out loud hurts. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day. We've answered an important question here, Steve. And I'm happy that we did. So with all that said, Beats is in the chat. I, I was trying to figure out how to say his name without saying his name. I haven't seen you around in a while. Good to see you. With all that said, thanks everybody for joining us and hanging out. This has been a fun one. My name is Elon. You can follow me at, at ILAN121 on the Twitters. Say my name. I Beats, we can only say your name if you subscribe. Sorry, man. Them's the rules. Uh, this has been Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jerk. You can follow him at Ace King Offsuit on the Twitters. Please, don't forget, this will be on YouTube. So for those of you that are here on the Twitches or anywhere else this winds up, such as your favorite SoundCloud your favorite podcast avenues. Uh, please hit us up on YouTube. If, if we get to... Uh, what, what's it, Steve? If we get to like a 1,000 subscribers, I think we can start monetizing on YouTube. Something like that. I forget if it's 500 or 1,000. I think it's 1,000. But... Let's say 1,000. If we get to 1,000 subscribers on the YouTubes, we get to monetize it. And more monetization equals more uh, money to spend on things like going to Combo Breaker and doing a show from there. Hey, Tap2GG saying I'm having a rough time ending the show. Maybe I don't want to end the show. Huh? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about what I want and what I need? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think about what I want and what I need? I have. There's pizza in my oven. I'm holding everybody hostage at this point. Let's get out of here. Follow it. Best of best of uh, best of E show on the YouTube. Best of E show on the Twitter. Best of E show on podcast stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, everything else. I think I got everything right, Steve. Is there anything I'm missing? Good night, Canada. There we go.